Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest uh, series of lectures. And this one I'm calling Managing the Incidentaloma, Pancreas, Lesions, and Pseudolesions. So again, what I'm going to cover in this talk is some of the potential pitfalls we see in pancreatic imaging and sort of help you overcome some of the pitfalls or at least to be aware of the pitfalls. A number of good articles have been published recently. This article by Borgi, Congenital anomalies and normal variants of the pancreas can present a diagnostic challenge when encountered. Knowledge of the pancreatic embryology and of normal anatomic variants is essential to identify those entities and help differentiate them from pathologic conditions, thus preventing potential unnecessary imaging investigation or more invasive procedures such as biopsy or surgery. There's no doubt uh, that indeed is going to be the case. We've all seen patients who've gone to surgery based on our reports and end up with a benign process. So again, very, very important. And when he talks about congenital anomalies, he talks about things like pancreatic divism, annular pancreas, variations in pancreatic duct course, agenesis, ectopic pancreas, and pancreatic cystic lesions. He also talks about normal variations and pitfalls of the pancreas, including fatty infiltration and pseudomass. And when he speaks about pseudomass, he talks about lobulations, nodes near the pancreas simulating a mass, splenules simulating a lesion in the tail of the pancreas, or focal autoimmune pancreatitis. And each of these are things that can indeed cause problems. We've given you lectures before on autoimmune pancreatitis, an entity that indeed is challenging. Patients have gone to surgery for autoimmune pancreatitis. So again, things we need to be thinking about. So let me start with at least one of these, and that'll be annular pancreas. Annular pancreas is when a segment of the pancreas, the pancreatic head, surrounds the second portion of the duodenum. Annular pancreas can be confused with the pancreatic mass because it makes the pancreatic head look large. There's two types, extramural and intramural. Extramural patients present with duodenal obstruction, while intramural patients present with duodenal ulcerations. And here's just a very nice example. In this case, the patient has positive contrast. This was actually read as a lesion of the duodenum. There's a mass in the duodenum. But what you're actually seeing here at the arrow is the pancreas coming around the duodenum. It's an annular pancreas. Look at the uh, mass was pointing on the arrow with the rest of the gland. It's exactly the same texture. Or this example, again, an annular pancreas, you can see from the coronal or the axial, and here's a couple more axials, showing you how the pancreas is going around the duodenum. You can see why it can look like a mass, be it a pancreatic mass or a duodenal mass. So annular pancreas is something to think about. We also think about patients with pancreatic divism, and I'll show you some more cases of that at a different time. But pancreatic divism, the pancreatic head looks full because of the two ducts, and you can easily confuse it with a mass. Now, of course, things to recognize, as with annular pancreas, the gland enhances the same throughout. There's no changes in glandular enhancement. When we think about masses, we should be thinking about changes in the patient's glandular enhancement. Now, what about vascular pancreatic lesions? Now, in that, there are a number of different things, aneurysms and pseudoaneurysms, which can be confused with masses, particularly when they're not well opacified. We'll talk about neuroendocrine tumors as a pancreatic lesion, as well as metastasis. Uh, 
And I'll just share an example of metastasis first. It's classically renal cell. It's classically a patient who's been resected 10 or 15 years before, doing well, and they present with a recurrence, and it's only in the pancreas. These lesions can get resected, and the patients will have another 10 or 15 years. Now, the thing about these, ner- these metastasis, they can be solitary or multiple. Here's a nice example of a lesion in the head of the pancreas in a patient with a right nephrectomy. And here's a lesion in the same patient with a second lesion in the body-tail junction. Classic vascular lesions. What's very important to recognize is these lesions are often small, do not distort the contour. And so when you look at this lesion on the venous phase or delayed phase imaging, in this case, you don't see the lesion. But arterial, look how obvious the lesion is. So metastasis from renal cell, vascular lesions will often appear isodense. Another example, look at the tail of the pancreas. I don't see anything, do you? Well, you would have 30 seconds earlier. There's a three centimeter or so hypervascular lesion, classic metastatic renal cell to the pancreatic tail. Again, very, very nice example. Now, in the pitfalls category, we also talk about pseudolesions, things that simulate pancreatic masses. Now, the fact is, they may be a real mass, but they're simulating a pancreatic mass. So the things we talk about, duodenal masses, just tumors, adenocarcinomas are two examples. We speak about adenopathy, particularly nodes in the peripancreatic region, maybe from cholangiocarcinoma, maybe from right colon cancer. We talk about other peripancreatic masses. We talk about, for example, paragangliomas or neuroendocrine tumors. And then, of course, we talk about vascular lesions, particularly pseudoaneurysms, which can simulate pancreatic masses. So let me show you a couple examples. Here's a wonderful case. When you look quickly, this looks like a neuroendocrine tumor of the body of the pancreas. But when you start looking a bit more carefully, this vascular mass, in fact, is pushing on the pancreas. These, in fact, are large nodes. And when you look very carefully, the patient actually has a lesion in the stomach. It's a small lesion, but look at the sequence of images. You see it's a small vascular lesion. This was a gastric carcinoid tumor with enlarged nodes in the celiac axis pushing on the body of the pancreas. The coronal view nicely shows you that interface plane between the vascular nodal mass and the pancreas proper. This case makes the point again, which we've said many times, is you need to look at the coronals and sagittals because often it gives you hints of things that are adjacent to each other, the source of origin. Here we can see very nicely the pancreas body is okay. This vascular lesion is outside the pancreas, but simply pushing against the pancreas. And this was a very unusual case. I might have thought about a paraganglioma, might have thought about metastatic vascular nodes, but that small stomach lesion, which is easy to overlook, it looks like it's in continuity, something you don't recognize. Also in this case, although it's a bit unusual, I could have even thought about a gist tumor. Gist tumors are exophytic. This lesion sort of almost seems like it's coming off the stomach. And perhaps that would have indeed been a possibility. Uh, When you look at this case, you look at the stomach, there are actually a few carcinoid tumors present. Vascular gastric masses are rare. Carcinoid, we think about. Glomus tumor, we should think about. And this case also, when you go to later phase imaging, look how quickly that lesion washes out. Here it even makes it look on the venous phase more likely going to be a pancreatic mass. So again, really something very important, timing, location, role of post-processing. Now when we speak about pseudotumors, the splenic 
zone becomes very critical. We talk about accessory spleens that can be very confusing, look like neuroendocrine tumors near or in the tail of the pancreas. At times, you can make the mistake the other way around, assume something's a, a, a splenule when it's really a neuroendocrine tumor. Article by Ahmed, unexpected splenic lesions are commonly detected on CT exams of the abdomen and chest and often pose a diagnostic challenge to both the radiologist and to the clinician. And it is a challenge. Accessory spleens, present in 16% of patients undergoing CT, usually two centimeters or less in size. They usually enhance identical to the spleen, though some of the smaller lesions may not. They may simulate pancreatic, renal, or adrenal pathology. This pitfall, splenic tissue simulating an islet cell tumor near the spleen, again, the tail of the pancreas comes near the splenic hilum, and that's where splenules are typically located. So you can see why it could be a real problem. Splenic tissue in the pancreas can surely simulate an islet cell tumor, and we've all seen cases where it looks, even in retrospect, like a neuroendocrine tumor, but it's really splenic tissue. Again, the key thing is watch the enhancement relative to the spleen. And again, at times, patients have had surgery, left nephrectomy, then it even can become more confusing. So let me show you examples of accessory spleens enhancing like normal splenic tissue on both arterial and venous phase imaging. So here's the case. What is this lesion? Is this an islet cell or is it splenule? Well, islet cells probably are going to be more vascular. And look at this lesion. It looks identical to the spleen on, on the images. And here it is again, another example of those images looking very much like the spleen. You see how the spleen enhances both arterial and venous phase, it's going to look like the spleen. So Tommy Kawamoto wrote an article, intrapancreatic accessory splenic tissue should be considered when a hypervascular mass is seen in the tail of the pancreas on CT, typical location, similar attenuation of the lesion to the spleen and non-contrast, and post-contrast CT at different phases are helpful of making the diagnosis of intrapancreatic accessory spleen. And again, it's important to remember that in autopsy studies, the second most common site of accessory spleen is indeed the tail of the pancreas. So key differential points. One, similar enhancement of non-contrast and post-contrast scans or similar appearance as well as enhancement to the spleen. And arterial phase enhancement often has that serpiginous type of classic appearance that we see within the spleen in the splenules. Now again, as I mentioned, when the splenules are really small, it may be a bit harder to appreciate. But again, it's not always easy because it could look like a neuroendocrine tumor. It can be confused with metastasis if the patient has the right history like renal cell or even a splenic artery aneurysm. If you're uncertain, one thing you can do is do technesium labeled uh, red blood cell scintigraphy or SPIO enhanced MR imaging in cases that are difficult. Now, the truth is most cases are indeed easy. Here's an example. It looks like the spleen. It's anterior to the pancreas. That's a classic accessory spleen, be it axial or coronal imaging or 3D mapping. No problem. And again, the point we mentioned before about the washout, same lesion, venous phase imaging. Look how it washes out identical to the spleen regardless of the visualization. And again, 3D mapping can become very, very helpful in this scenario. 
Another case, accessory spleen near tail of pancreas. and showed you this a moment ago, but here's a few more images showing you that. And again, the fact that accessory spleens can be multiple, particularly in patients who've had trauma, we have splenosis. You can have multiple spleens present in or near the pancreas or distant to it. But here's just a couple nice examples. But again, look how it enhances, similar to the normal spleen. And again, you can see that on the coronal view. Sometimes accessory spleens can be large. Look at this large lesion here extending near the pancreas. It's enhancing similar to what you would expect from the spleen. This patient's had a splenectomy, so these lesions do enlarge. Very, very nice example of a splenule. Really very nice visualization. And again, seeing it across the different appearances. Now at times it is a hard diagnosis. You look at this case, this looks like a pancreatic mass, tail of pancreas. It's about five centimeters. All the accessory spleens I showed you were one to two centimeters. Well, accessory spleens can be large. This case here, look at its enhancement early. It's identical to the spleen early and it's identical to the spleen late, but boy, that is a tough diagnosis. Can you be certain this is not a neuroendocrine tumor? This eventually, in fact, was resected. And this was simply an um, accessory spleen. So again, difficult diagnosis. Now, occasionally splenic artery aneurysms can be confusing. This patient was referred to Hopkins for a distal pancreatectomy. We were doing a study to make certain of the vascular map. And when you look quickly, this looks like a neuroendocrine tumor in the tail of the pancreas. No ifs, ands, or buts. But... When you start reconstructing the data in 3D, first you notice the coronal view. Something looks very suspicious. This looks like a splenic artery aneurysm. And when you put it in 3D, what you really recognize is you, in fact, have an eccentric splenic artery aneurysm with the calcifications in the periphery. And that splenic artery aneurysm was being confused with a pancreatic neuroendocrine tumor. And you can see it very nicely in this example as well. And here it is in 3D. So very much a very, very important lesion. Um, if you're uncertain, do the reconstructions. You always can get delayed scans. Here the beauty of peripheral rim calcification, which you're not going to see typically in that pattern with neuroendocrine tumors. Again, easy to recognize on the later phase imaging. So the pitfalls in the spleen, again, confusion with islet cell tumors, this whole you know, post-nephrectomy changes in appearance of a left nephrectomy. But again, the key thing to walk away with is that message about how splenic tissue indeed looks. So let's do this. There are a few other pitfalls I want to go over, but let's take a break right now, and we'll come back in a few minutes. Thanks very much.